Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great, great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and repeating uh, those same days at 10 p.m. Also, we archive the program on our website. Uh, we're coming to you live on our YouTube channel right now, so you can watch the program, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org, and live video streaming also on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. And we're also coming to you on all of our other audio platforms. I hope you have downloaded the uh, wonderful Domestic Church Media mobile app for your phone or tablet, uh, because you can listen and watch on the uh, on the mobile app if you'd like. And there's uh, so much more on that app. And I noticed um, I was checking this morning. I think we have over 1,600 downloads around the world, uh, praying for more and more. But all over, I think the only continent uh, on which we have not been downloaded is Antarctica. So we'll have to get the Domestic Church Media Marketing Department to do a little bit more marketing down there in Antarctica to get the, map, the app up and running. But we have, we, we've, we've been downloaded all over the world, which is great. You know, again, not, not for any um, uh, puffing up purposes for on our part. We don't. What we want to do is just get the Word of God out there to as many people as possible in this world that is so, so confused. Boy, is the world, the world is so lost in so many ways. And we want to get the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed boldly and without compromise and to be united as one body of Christ. You know, Jesus, the night before he died in John 17, prayed that all may be one. And I've said it before, you know, of course, we know the Catholic Church is the one true church founded by Christ himself. And in the past 1,500 years, we've seen uh, many churches break off and denominate from the church and many denominations from the denominations and to the tune of some say 40, 45,000 Christian denominations out there. The Catholic Church is not a denomination. We didn't denominate from anything. This is the one true church. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we all came together, all of our brothers and sisters came back into the fullness of faith, what great power there would be in Christ's church here on earth, uh, united in one in one voice with one voice. Oh, boy. But anyway, we're here right now. We have a lot of work to do, and I'm going to share with you kind of the theme today, our Holy Father's general audience message this morning uh, over in Rome. Of course, it is Wednesday, uh, talking about praising God above all in our most difficult moments. And then I want to go to, and we'll do this, I think we'll do this a lot this year. I, 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 
I've been a big fan of In Conversation with God for many, many, many years. This wonderful series uh, written by Father um, Francis Fernandez, who's an Opus Dei priest, uh, a reflection on each day's readings, takes us through the year, but not just a paragraph or two. I'm talking a few pages each day with just tremendous divine inspiration and insight. And today, as I was reading today's entry, um, the uh, topic and the theme for Father Fernandez's writing today is prayer and apostolate. And uh, my goodness, you know, here at Domestic Church Media, that's uh, how we live. So I want to share some of this with you because it's not just up to... um, officially organized apostolates such as ours, there is such a thing as the apostolate of the laity. So I want to share these uh, some wise words with you and give you some food for thought. But first, we're going to pray, my brothers and sisters, wherever you are listening, uh, however you are listening, wherever you're watching from, however you're watching, when makes no difference because the prayer that we pray right now goes to the heart and mind of our almighty God was outside of time. So even if you're praying at 10 o'clock at night on the repeat of the program, or you're listening to the podcast, or you're watching the archived video, or watching live, it's all in God's time because everything is present to God. So I invite you now, my brothers and sisters, to join me and a wonderful domestic church media family that the Lord has brought to us over these many years. You know, I personally am now in my 26th year of Catholic radio Catholic Broadcasting, and a Domestic Church Media. Of course, we've been in existence since 2003, and uh, our radio stations here in New Jersey, uh, reaching uh, good parts of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, even part of Delaware, part of Staten Island. I got a, 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 a donation of the day from, from someone living in Brooklyn, New York, so we never know how the Lord is touching us. We've got uh, wonderful communication on Facebook from a, a friend who tunes in on Facebook, watching the program in Brazil. Uh, So God is doing great things. So let's all come together in prayer. We have to pray for our country right now. And the country needs a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. So we're praying for our country. Uh, But also, we began this after the first of the year. As you know, Holy Father Pope Francis has asked us to dedicate this year to good St. Joseph. And then on the Feast of St. Joseph, March 19th, in just a couple of months, um, he also is going to ask us to dedicate our year to the Holy Family of Nazareth. And so um, back on the Feast of the Holy Family, the Sunday after Christmas, uh, I was up at St. Magdalene's in Flemington. You know where Cheryl is, the director of liturgy and music. I was there for Mass that Sunday, and the Knights of Columbus were passing out this beautiful prayer which um, I was able to secure a number of copies, and I'm happy to send it to you. I haven't set it up on the website yet. I've been busy this week with the other great things that are <laughs> the Lord is placing on my heart. I, you know, I thought, as I said yesterday, I thought when I, I turned 66 in, in December, and that's the official Social Security age for, for people born my year, and I thought, okay, great, now I start to relax. No, the Lord said, are you kidding me? God, Jesus said, forget about it. I'm going to send, there's more for you to do here. So anyway, I've been busy this week, uh, but I will get it on the website, and I, I'd love to have uh, to send some of these to you. I'm also um, waiting for a beautiful memorari uh, of St. Joseph, 
I'm going to send that to you if you want it, but just all kinds of free stuff I want to send to you just to, because we love you. But let's pray, pray, let's pray this prayer. See, I get, I get so worked up here about all the, the, the things that God is placing on my heart and things we have to do. Let's pray this prayer to the Holy Family, and it's entrusting our family to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So as I pray it, because you don't have it in front of you, but maybe you do if you got a copy from the Knights, um, but as we pray this prayer, and each um, section invites us to respond, we entrust our family to you. So I, I, join me in entrusting your family and consecrating your family to the Holy Family of Nazareth. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph at Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. Now join me, friends. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. Again, join me, friends. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. Again, join me, friends. We entrust our family to you. Holy family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And uh, brothers and sisters, let's pray our prayers to St. Michael and also the prayer, the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium Prayer. Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray these prayers with the specific intention of uh, protecting the Church from the attacks of the devil. And we've added to please protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray St. Michael the Archangel, Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, I thank you, my friends, for praying together. Always a wonderful way to start our time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm losing track of time here, but this coming Monday, which is, I believe, the 18th of January already, uh, and the third Monday 
of January means our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be back live at 3 o'clock this coming Monday for Come to the Throne, his hour of prayer. We kind of throw open the prayer tent, and uh, we invite you to call in, write in, email, text your prayer intentions so Bruce can pray with you, and he loves to pray with you over the air. So I do hope that you will uh, not be afraid and uh, call in. It would be great to have you call in and, and pray with Bruce live. But we'll also accept your email prayers and your text prayers. And, of course, we'll have the, the, uh, send the email out to all of you who are on our email list with a link to um, how to do that. But anybody is welcome to do that. This is coming Monday, uh, January 18th, the third Monday of January, live at 3 o'clock. Bruce Tobacco, come to the throne. He'll be here to pray with you and for you. And I also want to remind you, mentioned it yesterday, uh, we want to certainly promote this. You know, this um, January 22nd will will be the 22nd, I'm sorry, January 22nd will be the 48th um, anniversary of the uh, Roe v. Wade decision that the Supreme Court made back in 1973. Hard to believe, 48 years, right? I mean, I remember when that decision came through, I was in college at the time. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I was a freshman, I was a senior in high school. That's right, it was the January, 73 January. I was a senior in high school. Um, but the bishops of New Jersey, including our own Bishop O'Connell, uh, to mark that tragic event in our nation's history, uh, are asking the faithful to make January 22nd a day of prayer and fasting to... Uh, and the horror of abortion. Uh, the March for Life, I believe, is the week later, the 29th. They didn't want to do it the 22nd. It's too close to uh, the other event that's taking place in Washington on the 20th, the inauguration. Um, so they've moved it, the March, to the 29th. But on the 22nd, the bishops of New Jersey, including our own Bishop O'Connell, uh, they've asked that the faithful make January 22nd a day of prayer and fasting. Uh, so spread the word about that. Um, I'm sure it's in the monitor. I'm sure it's other places. But we'll keep uh, reminding you of that just to keep it fresh and uh, to, to, again, encourage others uh, to make that special sacrifice, that day of prayer and fasting on January 22nd to end abortion. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sure there are um, either masses, things taking place. But we'll, we'll keep you posted and keep you abreast of all of that. All right, so this morning, of course, today is Wednesday. And our Holy Father, as he usually does on Wednesdays, gave his general audience. Of course, now he's in the Apostolic Palace. Um, first of all, it's winter. Second of all, because of the, the uh, still the pandemic uh, situation. But Holy Father, this morning, urged us, all people, especially Catholics, to praise God, not only in happy times, but above all, in difficult moments. The Holy Father compared those who praise God to climbers who breathe in oxygen that enables them to reach the summit of a mountain. He said that phrase, I'm sorry, that praise must be practiced not only when life fills us with happiness, which is easy, right, to do that, 
But above all, in difficult moments, in moments of darkness, when the path becomes an uphill climb, to still praise God. You know, I was talking this morning to uh, one of our board members, uh, and I was we were talking about how sometimes, and you know, I've had this experience. I'm sure many of you have had this experience, where you've you know not been on good terms with God <laughs> because of the way life was going. I remember, and I, I related the story. Mother Angelica told this beautiful story one time where she was in the chapel before the Blessed Sacrament. And she was sitting there looking down with a scowl on her face, and there's the Blessed Sacrament. And one of her nuns came in and said, Mother, is everything okay? And she said, Our, I'm not, our Lord and I aren't speaking to each other today, <laughs> not speaking to him. <laughs> we have issues. The mother was, whatever the situation was, she was not happy with Jesus that day. And, you know, God understands that emotion. God understands that, that human way. But Holy Father reminded us this morning that even in these difficult moments of darkness, when the path becomes an uphill climb, we should still praise God. He said, after undergoing these demanding passages, we are able to see a new panorama, a broader horizon. Giving praise is like breathing pure oxygen. It purifies the soul. It makes you look far ahead so as not to remain imprisoned in a difficult moment, in the darkness of difficulty. And maybe that's why so many people today are so down and fearful you know, I think I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, there was a recent Gallup poll where it said that people of faith, people who regularly attend church and church services and regularly pray, seem to be less afraid of the coronavirus than those who didn't have that type of relationship with God. And it's not that... And I'm, I put myself in that category, Cheryl and I do. We, of course, we both had it, had the virus, so we're, we have the antibodies. We're immune right now, and um, we didn't get a severe case. We were very blessed to have a—in fact, we didn't even know we had it at the time we had it. We thought it was just a cold coming on, but, but even before that, we didn't find ourselves— being afraid. We, we followed the guidelines. You know, you wear the mask, you socially distance. We still do, obviously, only because, you know, that's what they tell you to do. But we don't, you know, uh, we want to say, wait a minute, we're, we're immune. We don't really have to, we can't spread it and we can't get it, but we'll do what you say. We'll put the masks on. We'll socially distance. But we weren't really afraid of it. Uh, I always, and my philosophy was, if God allows me to get it, it was God's will. His permissive will allowed me to have it for whatever reason. And if it was in such a, and I'm taking all the precautions and still got it, then God allowed it. And as I said, we we're very blessed. We didn't have the severe cases. Many people did, obviously. Many people did die, are dying from uh, the virus itself. But this study was saying how people of faith weren't as afraid of it. Maybe because we know that there's something beyond this life, that if God allows us to get it, and God forbid we 
we, it, we die from it. People of faith know, well, this isn't the end. And that's not to minimize the situation in any way. But Holy Father is saying that even in these moments of darkness, these difficult days in anybody's life, that we should still, even then more so, go to God, praise God. And of course, this particular teaching is a continuation of the Holy Father's teaching on prayer. Um, And he dedicated today's audience to the prayer of praise, which the Catechism recognizes as one of the principal forms of prayer alongside blessings and adoration, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. The Holy Father meditated on St. Matthew's Gospel, 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 25, in which Jesus responds to adversity by praising God. After the first miracles and in the involvement of the disciples in the proclamation of the kingdom of God, the mission of the Messiah goes through a crisis, the Holy Father said. John the Baptist doubts and makes him uh, receive this message. John is in jail. Are you he who is to come, or shall we look for some uh, another? Because he feels this anguish of not knowing whether he's mistaken in his proclamation. The Holy Father says, now precisely in this disappointing moment, Matthew relates a, su- a truly surprising fact. Jesus does not lift up a lament to the Father, but rather he raises a hymn of jubilation. When he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. So in the midst of a crisis, amidst the darkness of the soul of so many people, such as John the Baptist, Jesus blesses the Father. Jesus praises the Father. And he explained that Jesus praised God above all because of who God is, his loving Father, Jesus who praises him for revealing himself to the little ones. And then Pope Francis says, we too must rejoice and praise God because humble and simple people welcome the gospel. I remember Father Groeschel, God rest his soul, would often say, you know, he worked in the South Bronx with his friars, helping and assisting the poor. And he would often say the most joyful and faithful Christians that he saw and knew there in his little part of the world in, in the South Bronx were the the older African American women who on Sunday, even in their in their very severe poverty, would get dressed up beautifully and go to church to be in with and praise God. Those who had so little and were so simple and humble by life. Rejoiced and praised God. And Holy Father this morning said, when I see these simple people, these humble people who go on pilgrimages, who go to pray, who sing, who praise, people who perhaps lack many things, but whose humility leads them to praise God. In our most dire moments, my brothers and sisters, and I'm sure every one of you listening, watching right now, myself included. We've all been there. We've all been at that those times in life where there was absolutely nothing left. 
let's look up. Because we've had we had nothing, nothing to lean on, nothing, to, no one to go to, but to Almighty God Himself. Because we lacked everything that we had, and we praise God even in those dark times. Pope Francis said, "In the future of uh, the world." And in the hopes of the church, there are the little ones, those who do not consider themselves better than others, who are aware of their own limitations and their sins, who do not want to lord it over others, who in God the Father recognize that we are all brothers and sisters. And he encouraged us and Christians to respond to their own personal defects in the same way as Jesus. In those moments, Jesus, who highly recommended the prayer of asking questions at the very moment when he would have had reason to ask the Father for explanations, instead begins to praise him. It seems to be a contradiction, but it is there. It is the truth, Pope Francis said. To whom is praise helpful? To us or to God? The text of the Eucharistic liturgy invites us to pray to God in this way. It says, Although you have no need of our praise, yet our thanksgiving is itself your gift, since our praise add nothing to your greatness but profit us for salvation. By giving praise, we are saved, Pope Francis said. The prayer of praise serves us. He said the Catechism defines it this way, the prayer of praise shares in the blessed happiness of the pure of heart who love God in faith before seeing him in glory. Now think about that. Here we are, we're living this life, Scripture says 70 years, 80 if we're strong, because those numbers have increased a bit with medicine and ways of life, etc. But right now we're loving God in faith, aren't we? I'm sitting behind this microphone for 26 years sharing with you the gospel of Jesus Christ in faith. I haven't seen God in his glory. We all one day hope to. We all one day know that we're going to transition from this life into the next life. But right now, the way we're living and how we're living based on the foundation of, of who we are, what we have, what we practice, what we preach, is all based on faith. So we praise God here in faith because one day we shall see him in glory. We have that assurance that he gives us. That's why he sent his son to save us from sin and death, so that the gates of heaven would be open to all. And then the Holy Father uh, reflected on the prayer of St. Francis, make me a channel of your peace, etc., etc. He said the povero did not compose it in a moment of joy, in a moment of well-being, but on the contrary, in the midst of hardship. Francis was by then almost blind and he felt in his soul the weight of a solitude he had never before experienced. The world had not changed since the beginning of his preaching. There were still those who let themselves be torn apart by quarrels. In addition, he was aware that death was approaching ever nearer. Pope Francis said, It could have been the moment of disillusionment, of that extreme disillusionment, and the perception of his own failure. 
But Francis prayed at that instant of sadness in the dark instant, All praise is yours, my Lord. He prays by giving praise. Francis praises God for everything, for all the gifts of creation, and even for death, which he courageously calls sister. And he said, the Holy Father said, these examples of saints, of Christians, and also of Jesus, of praising God in difficult moments, open to us the gates of a great road towards the Lord, and they purify us always. Praise always purifies. And he concluded by saying, the saints show us that we can always give praise in good times and bad, because God is the faithful friend. This is the foundation of praise, the Holy Father said. God is the faithful friend and his love never fails. He is always beside us. He always awaits us. It has been said he is the sentinel who is close to you and keeps you going with confidence. In difficult and dark moments, let us have the courage to say, Blessed are you, O Lord, praising the Lord. This will do us so much good. So maybe some of you who listen right now, watching right now, you're in those times of darkness for whatever reason, maybe your own ill health or someone you know or you lost a loved one recently, you're unemployed, um, you may be you know, facing a financial hardship. The Holy Father reminds you still, praise God, it's purifying. It'll give you enormous strength and put things in perspective. And he uses the example of St. Francis of Assisi, even toward the end of his death as he's going blind and near death, still is able to pray that prayer of praise. Because we know, my friends, that as we go through this life, we're going to reach those, go through those difficult times and hard times and moments. But Holy Father Pope Francis today reminds us, go to God in praise and praise God even in those moments. Now, when we come back, I'm going to go to In Conversation with God and talk about prayer and how we in this world are to be the eyes, hands, the feet of Almighty God in this world. Stay where you are. More to come on Come to Me. Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Dr. Simon Greenleaf was a Harvard Law professor. He wanted to debunk Christianity. He thought everything these people believe rests on their claim that Jesus rose from the dead, but that wouldn't even hold up in court. So he started writing about it, and he became a Christian. Why? He eventually concluded, what's going to put someone away in court? An eyewitness. What if you have a bunch of eyewitnesses? 
Jail? <laughs> what if the eyewitnesses are all willing to die for what they saw? Case closed. That's what we have with the rising of Jesus from the dead. Not just people dying for a belief system. These people died for something way more than that. They died for something they saw. Big difference. St. Peter was crucified. He said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. St. Bartholomew was skinned alive. It makes no sense to do that for a lie. The resurrection of Jesus, God conquering death, it's the best news in history. And the best part about it is, it's all real. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. We have to think the way God thinks. See? If I hit my brother, that's not how God thinks. If you lie or cheat, that's not how God is. If you have a hot temper, if you're proud, arrogant, if you find it hard to forgive and forget, that's not like God. But what does that mean? It means you're not acting like God. You know, it's foolish to think that you're going to die and pop boom, right into heaven when you hate half the people there. <laughs> you know, you still, hell, you still hate your mother-in-law. You still hate, may she rest in peace, but you hope she doesn't. <laughs> All these people you don't even like. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Have you downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. From Ewing to Union Beach. Heightstown to Humeville. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Burlington to Bradley Beach. Seagirt to Spotswood. Domestic Church Catholic Radio proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back, and uh, happy to have you here on this lovely January 13th, 2021. It's a little brisk out, but bright, well, it was sunny, and uh, wasn't that cold out for I mean, My goodness, we've been very blessed this January so far, haven't we? If the rest of the winter is like this, as they say, I'll take it. I'll take it. Before you know it, we'll start to see little green buds on the trees and flowers starting to bloom, be spring again, and... Easter this year, I think Easter this year is April 4th, so a little early in April, and I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, remember last Easter, we were all locked in. We couldn't even get to Mass on Easter. I don't think it's going to be that bad this year. Anyway, uh, I've been a big fan of In Conversation with God for many, many years. This is a wonderful series of reflections 
I believe there are five or six volumes, and they're smaller, but I mean, in, in size, but uh, um, to the series. And, you know, it's it's worth the investment. I think it costs maybe about 100 bucks for the whole thing. Um, but I got to tell you, when we first began working in the apostolate and, and began just from its infancy trying to, you know, build it up and get a radio station, and, and we were reading this a lot. And every day seemed to have such uh, uh, enormous um, uh, information for us that kind of continued to lead us. It, 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 we'd, we'd, we'd sometimes be astounded at, at how, how um, relevant what was in these writings to our situation every day. And uh, so it's called In Conversation with God, not Conversation with God. That's a different thing, and you want to stay away from that. This is called In Conversation with God. Um, It's published by Scepter Press. Father Francis Fernandez, who's an Opus Dei priest. Um, But it's a wonderful series of, of books, and it's so appropriate. So anyway, I thought maybe this year especially we'll share some of these with you as as they apply. But today I was reading today's entry. And as I said, these aren't just like a paragraph or two about the day's readings. This, this is, um, as an example, today's uh, reflection is, what is it? It's... Uh, Uh, it's five pages just on today's readings. But I got to tell you, if you take this book and you get some prayer time, as I hope you do each day, maybe go to adoration or just in your own, make a little prayer space in your home and read these. The reflections are just incredible, just simply incredible. Um, so anyway, I wanted to share some of today's with you because I think it's appropriate right now. You know, I shared with you yesterday and a little bit today, that over the past number of months, the Lord has placed on my heart a particular vision for where he would like domestic church media to expand and grow. I can't get into the details right now. We will eventually. Of course, the radio stations are here, and all what we already have is going to stay. Nothing's changing there. That's very important. But we have opportunity to do other things as well, I believe. And I believe the Lord's calling us to it. Because the way the world is today, right now, between the polarization, the division, the the, the hatred, the anger, the angst, uh, the confusion, uh, it's just, it's it's, it's certainly not of God. You know, (laughs) we know the devil is, is at work. But as I was sharing with you yesterday, I believe it was St. Thomas More who said when the, when the church is under, and, and as far as history goes, has been under severe persecution, the Lord always raises up strong men and women, strong saints to be those light bearers, to be those Christ bearers just to the world. And I believe that's that's what the Lord is asking of us here at Domestic Church Media, but not just to be that light, but to give everyone what you need 
to join us, to get out there, to, to get the word out there. I, I want this to be a place where you come and you know you get the truth. There's no spin here. And we're not political. We're not into politics. We're just here to give you what the Lord wants us to give you, what you need to know to make it home to the Father's house. <laughs> that's, the, that's the ultimate destination. That's our ultimate citizenship, heaven. And we need, we're not called to keep that to ourselves and just kind of take the ball and run with it. And, and so we're going to cross the goal line. Our responsibility is to bring everybody with us, people who don't know Jesus, people who have left, who need to come back, people who have been snatched by the ways and things of the world. So let me share some of what Father Fernandez wrote today. As I said, his, his uh, topic today is prayer and apostolate. Man, a man's heart is made to love God. God wants and searches for a personal encounter with each of us. Father Fernandez writes, We are God's arms in the world because he has willed to need men. God sends us out so that he may come closer to this ailing world, which so often just cannot find the physician who would restore to health. We will talk to many people about God with the certain hope that God knows each one of them and that it is only in him that they will find salvation and the words of eternal life. That is why we must not either through laziness, love of comfort, weariness, or human respect waste a single opportunity. It might be one of the normal happenings of each day, a comment perhaps about a a news item, a small service, maybe that uh, we do for somebody or that somebody does for us. The special events, too, can present their opportunities, such as the illness or death of a relative. Those who travel abroad or for international activities on business or on holiday should keep in mind that no matter where they may be, they are the traveling messengers of Christ and should bear themselves really as such. So let's just stop there for a second. You know, I, one of my realizations each day, one of my prayers, and it should be for all of us, is that every day we pray for opportunity to bring Christ to others, to introduce people to Jesus, to help people encounter Christ in a, a more profound way. It was never, ever my intention to do what I'm doing right now. <laughs> never. Never. If, 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 as I said, this is my 26th year of doing this. So if 30 years ago you told me that in, in, in let's say, 1991, you told me that in 2021 I would be here in this beautiful facility behind a microphone in my 26th year of doing Catholic radio, or if 40 years ago or 50 years ago you said that, I would have said, that's crazy. That's absurd. I don't want to do that. I have other plans. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. Forget about that. 
because there's a, a great work to be done in evangelization. And I am just like you. I, am, I don't have any advanced degrees in theology. I, don't, I, I graduated from Seton Hall University with a degree in communications with a minor in theology. And I only got the minor in theology because I was enjoying the theology classes that, uh, that were uh, offered and that I took. I, this is, okay, this looks like fun. This looks like a good class. And so there was always that seed that the Lord planted. But it's not just me. It's all of us. And it's called baptism. I just happened to be, you know, given the opportunity to be here. But your opportunities come every day as well. I can speak to thousands of people at one time uh, here with these wonderful radio stations and other media that we use, but it may not be as effective as you speaking one-on-one to a heart that needs to be opened to the voice of Jesus. But we're all in this together, and um, Father Fernandez said, Pope John Paul I, in his first message to the faithful, exhorted them to study all the ways, all the means of announcing in season and out of season salvation to all people. And this is from his first address, Pope John Paul I. He said, if the sons of the church were to be uh, untiring missionaries of the gospel— There would be a new flowering of holiness and of renewal in this world which thirsts for love and for truth. And boy, that couldn't be more true than today, right? Now, John Paul I, that was 1978, August of 1978, 43 years ago, if my math is correct. (laughs) I I was told once, don't do mental math on the radio because (laughs) for me— a communications major, it's always, but I, I believe that's right. Is that right, 78 to uh, 2018, that would be 40, right, and 42, 43, 43 years. I need an abacus in the studio here. But these are the words of John Paul I. If the sons of the church were to be untiring missionaries of the gospel, untiring missionaries, and that, just, that doesn't mean we're all going out, you know, with Bibles and catechisms on our arms and walking around with sandals and, and, and uh, uh, tunics and staff. It means wherever the Lord places you, you are an untiring missionary and should be, all of us. Especially now, Pope John Paul I, again, this is 43 years ago, but said, if the sons of the church were to be untiring missionaries of the gospel— there would be a new flowering of holiness and of renewal in this world, which thirsts for love and for truth. Right now, my brothers and sisters, this is what people are longing for. And I think more than anybody, more than anybody, you know who's really thirsting for this truth? I believe it's our young people who have been duped by the culture. They've been duped by their college professors. They've been duped by the the lying social media. They've been duped by the world and those 
who are of the world who try to lure them into that ideology. They want something more than this. They want something more than the world is going to offer because we know and they know that this is all going to end. They've seen their grandparents laid out in coffins and saying, now what? Where did grandma go? Where did grandpa go? Maybe they've seen their parents and friends who have left in death and wonder, now what? What's going to happen to me? And they want the truth of eternal life, the truth of salvation. They want to be holy. I believe that. And Pope John Paul II, I'm sorry, Pope John Paul I said that back in 1978. Father Fernandez says, let us maintain a firm hope in the apostolate, even though the times may seem unpromising. It doesn't seem, again, this is how relevant it is all of a sudden. I mean, today, doesn't this speak to us to this very moment? Even though times may seem unpromising, the ways of grace are indeed inscrutable. But God has wanted to count on us to save souls. What a pity, Father Fernandez writes, if through the omissions of Christians, many men never come close to God. This is why we must feel a personal responsibility for not letting any friend, acquaintance, or neighbor to whom we have ever spoken be able to say, there was nobody to speak to me about you or to teach me the way. You see, the world wants to stifle our speech. We see this happening right now in, on a political sense, don't we, through censorship and cancel culture. But we Christians have faced this cancel culture for many decades now. We've been told to stop praying in public. We've been told to stop praying in schools. We've been told to stop mentioning the name of Jesus in, in public places, and on, uh, unless, of course, you're using it in vain, then use it all you want. But we've been, we've been censored for many, many years now. We know the feeling, and we mustn't be afraid to mention the glorious name of Jesus Christ. We mustn't be afraid to introduce all whom we meet to encounter Christ. As Father Fernandez says, we must feel a personal responsibility for not letting any friend, acquaintance, or neighbor to whom we have ever spoke to be able to say to God, then he uses the Latin here, I'll try my Latin, ominen non Abeo, or abio, my Latin is awful, but we translate that to, there was nobody to speak to me about you or to teach me the way. Father Fernandez says, sometimes it is our friendship that will be the beginning of the way that leads to Christ. A well-timed comment, a book to reaffirm our friend's faith, some sound advice, a word of encouragement, and always the richness and example of upright conduct are witness. This is why I get very disheartened when I see miserable Catholics. I'm so tired of that. Miserable Catholics who are at each other's throat, pointing fingers, judging, condemning, tearing down. Nobody wants to join that church. 
Nobody wants to be a part of that mess. You know why the church grew so fast in the first century? Because of the great joy, the great love that was expressed by Christians. See how they love each other. We are called to be a joyful people. We have the promise of eternal life. And we're all imperfect people. We all make mistakes. We all sin. But Christ's arms are open to all who want to come to him. And sometimes the way we come to him is by many wide and varied paths with the same destination into the arms of our divine Savior. And you and I, my friends, we are called by virtue of our baptism every single day to be witnesses to that. We can't lock ourselves in our houses and and stifle our speech and think that we are in any way living our baptism. We are called to go out into the world and bring the good news and tell the the great joy of salvation. Father Fernandez then quotes, um, let me see this footnote here. This is Cardinal uh, Newman. Christianity possesses the great gift of being able to remedy and cure completely the one deep wound of human nature. And its success owes more to this than to the whole encyclopedias of scientific knowledge and a whole library of controversies because of this. Christianity will last for as long as human nature lasts. Let us ask ourselves today, how many people have I helped to live in a Christian way this Christmas, which has just passed? We should pray for those friends of ours whom we are encouraging to go to confession or to some means that will improve their formation and their knowledge of God's doctrine. Again, my brothers and sisters, you and I, you know, I, we, this addresses prayer and apostolate. Apostolate, apostolic work. I thank God every day when I sit before him in the tabernacle in our beautiful chapel here at the apostolate for this opportunity that this apostolate, Domestic Church Media, 24-7 is continuing to broadcast that truth. But as I said earlier, we also have the apostolate of the laity. <laughs> the Second Vatican Council reminded us of that. That is not just the religious, and it's not just those of us who have officially formed apostolates, but the apostolate of the family, the apostolate of the married couple. We're all called to apostolic work. We're all called to be apostles, to be out in the world. You know, the world, as I said, we're, we're seeing, we're hearing a lot about the cancel culture and, and censorship. Hey, listen, we Christians, especially Catholics, we, we know that feeling. We've been there for the past number of decades. There's been a, con, a continuous effort to shut us up. Who knows one day, you know, what I'm doing right now, the way things are going. Can they cancel us? I don't know. I always say this would be like Radio Free America. <laughs> remember, remember Radio Free Europe? 
back in the in the in the days behind the Iron Curtain. Maybe this will become Radio Free America. I don't know. But I do know this. We will continue to do what we are doing here for as long as God wants us to do it. And as I said, there's been enormous desire placed on my heart for us to, again, build on what we have, these four radio stations, all the other media that we currently use, very important. But we also, I believe, are being called into even bigger things that I'm working on right now. <clears throat> and I get very excited about it. So I start talking real fast about it. I reach out to people and I share it with people. I have a wonderful board of directors who see that vision with me now. And there's so much more we have to do because we have to be apostles. And I want you to join us in that. Do not be afraid to speak the name of Jesus to one who needs to hear and know him. Don't be afraid. Don't let the culture cancel you. Don't let the culture stifle your faith in public. Get out there. Stand up and boldly proclaim the truth of this gospel. That is our call. That is why we are here to help you with that. Okay, I got to go. I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. Uh, stay tuned now for Al Cresta, followed by two hours of Catholic Answers Live. We've uh, begun doing that again. And have a blessed rest of your day, my friends. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. In me. <laughs>